I'm talking to Dr. Robert Stackpole today, author of Divine Mercy and Divine Justice, Why Both Are Essential to a Catholic Understanding of God. Dr. Stackpole, thanks for being with us today. It's great to be with you again, Chris. Great. So it's called Divine Mercy and Divine Justice. How can God be both merciful and just? Doesn't one of those cancel out the other? Well, first of all, we have to remember that um, things that are, seem impossible for us are not impossible for God, mm -hmm. right? And, and though it seems very impossible for us to be perfectly merciful and perfectly just at the same time, uh, God can actually pull that off in the yep. great mystery of his infinite being, all right? Mm -hmm. But to help us with this, let's, let's define divine mercy and divine justice so we know what, what we're actually talking about here. Mm -hmm. um, divine mercy is defined by um, St. Thomas Aquinas as the compassion in our hearts for another person's misery a compassion which drives us to do what we can to help that person. So applying that to God, it's uh, divine compassion that reaches mm -hmm. out to meet the needs and overcome the miseries of his creatures. So whatever the, our need or misery might be, sin, guilt, suffering, death, what we can know is that God is always merciful, not sometimes merciful or half merciful. Mm -hmm. In everything he does, he's always merciful, right? Divine justice, on the other hand, is a little trickier because there are several types of divine justice in the Catholic tradition. Okay. First of all, there's what we call distributive justice. Mm -hmm. And that's the attribute, which means in the end, God will render to each and everyone precisely what is their due for all the good and evil that they have done. And of course, if uh, you know, we say we're all sinners, aren't we all hooped? Then mm -hmm. if he's going to render us all for what we've done, we're all going to end yep. up in punishment. But well, remember, Christ died for us on the cross, and he, mm -hmm. he bore our sins on the cross. But when we're unrepentant is the point. When we stubbornly resist the outreach of his mercy on the cross, then we do have to face judgment in the end. Nobody, in the end, nobody gets away with anything. Mm -hmm. So our Lord said in Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and he will repay every man for what he has done. <laughs> so we have to remember that according to Scripture and Catholic tradition, God is both perfectly just and mm -hmm. perfectly merciful. And here's the great mystery. In everything he does at one and the same time, the best mm -hmm. ex exhibition of that is, of course, the cross itself. If you ask, well, what is the cross? Is it an expression of divine mercy mm -hmm. or divine justice? And clearly it's both. <laughs> As the prophet Isaiah said on the cross, he uh, bore our iniquities, mm -hmm. right? He bore the chastisement that makes us whole. So he, he took, um, he made the sacrifice for our sins, the atoning mm -hmm. sacrifice, which fulfills the demands of divine justice. At the same time, he did, us, he did it for us who don't deserve it at all, mm -hmm. who don't deserve that kind of uh, unconditional love. He poured out that love to fulfill those demands that we could never fulfill mm -hmm. uh, for those who open their hearts to him in repentance and faith. Um, so that's one form of John divine justice. We might call mm -hmm. it penal justice or retributive justice. Mm -hmm. As long as we're clear that um, God is never vin purely vindictive or vengeful, mm -hmm. right? Because those words like vindictiveness or vengefulness, yeah. that's seeking justice apart from mercy, Yeah. right? Whereas God's... Sort of it, yeah, would sort of ahead, Chris. it would sort of reduce him, wouldn't it? It would make him kind of equal to those that he was seeking vengeance against. Exactly. And it would also, you get the idea of a schizophrenic God, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And some people say, well, God is sometimes merciful and sometimes just and, mm -hmm. in a vengeful and vindictive way. We've got to kind of activate one side of him and avoid the, yeah. and avoid the other. That's not it at all. Mm -hmm. He's always going to fulfill the demands of justice, yep. uh, but he's always going to do so for the purposes of mercy, if you mm -hmm. will. 
Um, then we come to another type of justice, which is social justice. Mm -hmm. That's a, a slightly different thing. Rather more controversial these days. Yeah, and, and I think that's uh, what we're going to get into today, isn't yeah. it, Chris? And to try to dig deep. Social justice is also about each person receiving their due. Mm -hmm. But social justice, when society makes sure that each person receives have, have receives what they have a right to expect mm -hmm. from the social order. Okay. okay. Is this but is this the secular understanding or is this the church's understanding? It's the church's understanding, okay. right? And so I'm paraphrasing the yeah. church's understanding, but it's okay. the, the church's understanding. And scriptures say God is all in favor of that too. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, in the Old Testament, it constantly says God is a God of justice, right? Mm -hmm. But we mustn't. Um, you know, put on a say a fundamentalist Protestant hat and think he's yeah. always only referring to um, um, penal justice for unrepentant sinners mm -hmm. when when the Old Testament talks about justice, not at all. And you're not just talking about this as a Catholic theologian. You yourself have come from a Protestant background, so yeah. this is from some yeah. of the study that you've done over the and, years. And the yeah. Protestants are not wrong; they just have a half truth there, yeah. right? Uh, the point is that in in the Old Testament as mm -hmm. well as in the New. God's justice is a bigger concept and includes the fact that God wants to set everything in the world right mm -hmm. in every respect. So that means his justice also means seeking fairness and mm -hmm. relief for the poor mm -hmm. and for those who are suffering oppression. For example, Psalm 145, sorry, 146, beginning at verse 5. Happy is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who executes justice for the oppressed, mm -hmm. who gives food to the hungry. Now, Scripture there is not talking about God punishing people. Yep. It's talking about God seeking what's right for the poor and the oppressed, mm -hmm. um, relieving them, uh, rescuing them, mm -hmm. right? And there's that famous passage, which everybody should read, Isaiah 58, probably the main social justice passage in the Old Testament, so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. The prophet Isaiah says, beginning at verse 6, is this not the fast I choose? He's quoting mm -hmm. God here, right? Is this not the fast I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Mm -hmm. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. So basically, if you want to be close to the Lord, you not only have to pay attention to um, that God is a God of judgment on the judgment day, yeah. but also that God seeks justice in the world now mm -hmm. um, with his grace to help people seek fairness for all people and what upholds human dignity for all. Yep. Okay. So, so... In, to sort of sum up, I guess, it, there's, an, there's an element of mercy to the justice of God and there's an element of justice to the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. these, are, these are two sides of the same thing. These are connected right. in a way that can't – I mean you, you can talk about them separately but you can't separate them. Is that – Exactly right, right. It's a bit like you know, if, the phenomenon of light, mm -hmm. right? If you send it through a prism, you mm -hmm. can see it. Oh, look at all the yeah. different colors of the spectrum mm -hmm. that are – part of light, but those are inseparable from light. Yeah, it's They're, all light. It's all light, yeah, yeah just in, in different aspects of it, right? Okay. So mercy and yeah. justice are different aspects of the 
the infinite being of God, the one yeah. simple, pure, infinite being of God. And that's that's so hard for us because we live in this world of kind of fractured light, of of the courthouse is the place of justice, and right. Mother Teresa and her soup kitchen is a place of mercy, and these two deal with the same people sometimes, but they're not the same reality at all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah and, and and you know, obviously, it's not something we can fully comprehend. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we can get some inklings of it. For example, yeah. the, cro the, pro the cross is the best example of all. Of, of that union as well. Yeah. Okay. And God is both justice and mercy and on the cross is experiencing justice and mercy, is experiencing the, the, the justice of the law court, but also the mercy of his mother standing there at the foot of the cross. Or, sure. Or yeah, the... and his mercy praying, Father, forgive them. They know mm -hmm. not what they do. Since really it's all our sins that put Christ to death on the yeah. cross, if we think about it theologically, then mm -hmm. he's really praying for all of us, okay. right, for our forgiveness. All right. So that would be a good thing for our listeners to meditate on. Maybe do the Stations of the Cross or do the Sorrowful Mysteries of the Rosary, thinking about how, how justice and mercy are both present. And then, and I've heard people recommend actually praying the chaplet with the Sorrowful Mysteries in mind sure. as a helpful practice. Yep. Okay. Speaking of the Mercy Chaplet, Jesus told St. Faustina that mankind will not have peace until it turns with trust to my mercy, his mercy. What did Jesus mean by that? And how does that help us figure out how we can help bring peace into the world? I think part of what he meant by that, Chris, is that God wants us definitely to get off the social treadmill of revenge, mm -hmm. of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And, and you, know, um, you know, it's the mentality that this group has done bad things to my group in the past, so that justifies us mm -hmm. doing bad things to them now. Yeah, there must be forgiveness. Yeah, and Gandhi famously once said, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Hmm. Let me give you a, your listeners a great example of that. I, I once went to, to a debate at the mm -hmm. Oxford Union okay. in England between the Palestinians and the uh, representatives of the Palestinians and representatives of the Israelis mm -hmm. about, you know, what's really going on in that conflict there and who's really at fault. Hmm. And it was the worst debate I've ever seen hmm. uh, because both sides could not admit any wrongdoing whatsoever yeah. on their own side and everything was all the other guy's fault. Yeah. It was two sides were both completely blind to their own hmm. imperfections. Yeah. I thought there's no way – this can only lead to warfare and conflict. Mm -hmm. There's no reconciliation possible yeah. when people are in that mindset. Now, I yeah. thought, you know, factually, the historical facts, I, well, I think the Israelis have the slightly better case here. But, but I thought, but the Israelis have done some rotten things to the Palestinians, and the Palestinians mm -hmm. have done some rotten things as well to the Israelis. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's needing mercy in that. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody was admitting it. Yeah. So there's there's a recipe for conflict, and if you you project that cycle of vengeance onto mm -hmm. to nations as a whole, yeah. You, we saw this in the Balkans. Yeah. Um, if I think what part of what Jesus means there, you know, he's telling Faustine about his mercy, but mm -hmm. you know, if he treated us that way, yeah, we'd be in big trouble. Yeah. Right. The fact is that he wants us to pass on the same mercy that we're receiving and that we mm -hmm. ask for on the basis of his cross. He wants us to pass that on to others uh, as mm -hmm. well. And it, it doesn't mean being um, soft on crime or something, right? Yeah. Uh, or even soft on criminals. I, mm -hmm. You may have told me this. I have a thought in my head that you were the one who told me this, okay. Chris. But there's a famous quote by Abraham Lincoln hmm. uh, where he, uh, someone said, you know, aren't you too soft on your enemies? You're letting the, letting the Confederates off pretty lightly after all, all they've put us through. And he said, hmm. well, when you turn your you conquer your enemies completely when you turn your enemy into a friend, and you, you think about that. 
of course, it's not always possible. I don't, I'm not saying we, we should be naive, that we should let ourselves be victimized mm -hmm. as a community, that we must pretend that some groups are not a threat or, or a mm -hmm. danger, that, uh, or that, that we should not take the steps legitimately to protect and defend ourselves. That's mm -hmm. not what the church is saying. Mm -hmm. It all is not what our Lord is saying. Yeah. But what he's saying is this, the ultimate goal mm -hmm. cannot be the dis destruction yeah. of others. It has to be reconciliation, not mm -hmm. revenge, no matter yeah. how long and how hard that road is to get there. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I want to I kind of pursue that a little bit because I think you, you bring up a really important point of on, on one level, we need forgiveness. The society mm -hmm. needs forgiveness. There is no kind of way forward as human beings without forgiveness. Forgiveness on a certain sense is a, is a natural virtue as well as a supernatural. But, but then that there is no maximum really on the mercy of God or on the mercy to which we are permitted, I suppose. So you've got the great saints or the, the extraordinary examples, Maximilian Kolbe taking a man's place to go into the cellar in Auschwitz and he dies on behalf of the man. He wasn't obliged to do that by the law, but mercy would of course lead in that direction and there was something very true to the law of love about that. Kind of talk about, can you talk about that distinction between kind of the justice that is demanded and, and what would still be a just or a merciful act but that's heroic, kind of the difference between what's required and heroic? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting distinction. Uh, I think St. John Paul II addresses this in mm -hmm. Dives and Misericordia, his encyclical Rich and Mercy. Um, and, uh, you know, for example, he, t he was talking in there about uh, the social programs that mm -hmm. Western countries had created to yeah. uh, address social injustice, mm -hmm. right, to give greater opportunity to the yeah. poor and the weak and all that. And he said... Um, but uh, two things. First, what we talked about before, he said, mm -hmm. if those are pursued in a yeah. vengeful attitude against those who have been committing injustice yeah. in the past, then it undermines the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? And just perpetuates cycles of violence and, mm -hmm. and cycles of other kinds of injustice, right? Yeah. But he, he also says something else, which I thought was really fascinating. I think it's what you're referring to here, mm -hmm. that th even those kind of social programs will never be enough. Mm -hmm because mercy goes way beyond just providing mm -hmm. the minimum of what people have a right to expect from the social order. Yeah. It means reaching out to people in ways that um, legislation yeah. and bureaucratic arrangements can mm -hmm. never do. Um, yeah. That kind of, especially that kind of in-person involvement and mm -hmm. caring, like Mother Teresa yeah. you talked about, right? I mean, you could have a, um, uh, you know, an ideal social welfare safety net that made sure mm -hmm. everybody got their checks. And that would be just. That would be just, but, but it would be no substitute yeah. for also reaching out to the lonely yeah. uh, with companionship, uh, mm -hmm. to the poor with encouragement, yeah. to um, to those who are lost with the gospel, right? Yeah. That that includes justice, but goes way beyond it. Yeah, and there's something about, I mean, there's the natural law, which is a path of justice, and then there's the law of the gospel, which is, kind of a more perfect version, you know, it's connected to natural law, it's a more perfect version of the law. At the same time, um, there's there's heroism within following the gospel as well. There's yeah. sort of a minimum of following the gospel and then there's kind of no upward maximum. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of following up on, on just what you were saying about we're, we're not required to, to be, to always be vulnerable to evil which is true, and we're called to defend our communities, we're called to defend other people. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's fascinating how there's an option to be so vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and the, 
when you look at the catechism on yeah. legitimate defense, right, mm -hmm. it says we have the right yeah. to defend ourselves. It doesn't say mm -hmm. we always have to exercise it. Yeah. There are going to be times and situations where mm -hmm. defending yourself is not yeah. – or, or even defending your community is mm -hmm. simply not going to um, bring about the, uh, a, yeah. um, a wholesome result. Mm -hmm. And it's better in yeah. those circumstances to yeah. carry the cross. Right, yeah. and then to um, you know hunker down and and mm -hmm. uh, fire back. Right, some of the truly hard decisions for leaders and pastors and absolutely. Yeah, heads I mean, of you, families. You, perfect example: the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. The Ukrainian leaders had a big choice to make mm -hmm. there. They had to decide at, in a prudential judgment. Right, mm -hmm. are we going to? Is it best for us to defend ourselves against the Russians, or just lay down and say, okay, they're much bigger than us? Mm -hmm. And they weighed and balanced it carefully, and they said, no, we've got to. Yeah defend ourselves because we know what this regime is like. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just going to walk yeah. in and say, okay, we're controlling you for now. Yeah. They're going to brutalize us yeah. uh, and commit horrendous injustice as yeah. well as threaten all the other countries mm -hmm. in the area further. Yeah. So we've got to, even though it's going to be very costly and, mm -hmm. and we know innocent people are going to get killed in the crossfire, yeah. we've, we've got to... Um, We've got to yeah. choose defense in this case. Because in a sense, they're also right now the, the gatekeepers of Europe. Yeah. I think they've got that sense of if not – if we don't hold them here, there's no telling how far they're going to go. I mean exactly. yeah. Putin has talked about the boundaries of the old Soviet Union I think you've said. And, mm -hmm. and so – And that's at a minimum I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Russian world, um, the, the, uh, the collection of the Orthodox I think have criticized that particular ideology. Yeah. I, I think that that's one of the least – known and least distinguished things in Christian practice, but also in the broader world today of what is mandatory and what is heroic. Yeah. Um, people, and remember that Catholic yeah. um, Catholic thought has a distinction between your moral duty mm -hmm. and what's called works of supererogation. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who are called by Christ in particular circumstances yeah. to go beyond their moral, their basic moral duty mm -hmm. in charity and to do heroic acts of yeah. charity. I mean, uh, the classic example is yeah. You're, you're a soldier in the trenches and mm -hmm. somebody lobs a grenade into the trench and there you are yeah. with all your buddies. Your moral duty is to say, hey, everybody run, hit, yeah. hit the deck. There's a grenade about yeah. to go off here, right? Mm -hmm. But some people moved by the Holy Spirit yeah. might throw themselves on that grenade to mm -hmm. protect all their buddies. Now, did they have a moral duty to do that? Are they sinning if they didn't do it? Yeah. Of course not. It's a... It's an act of what we call above and beyond the call of duty. Yeah. And we know the Holy Spirit does call people in, at different times and places. Mm -hmm. yeah. and that's one of the things that makes them saints. <laughs> yeah. And some days the best you can do is your duty. Yeah. And going above it just, you know, we all, we all I think, especially in lockdown in the pandemic, have had those days of yeah. ordinary life becoming incredibly hard. Okay. So – let, let me bring it back to that that focus on peace and the connection mm -hmm. of mercy and peace. How does how does Jesus's words to Faustina about the connection between peace to, peace and his mercy uh, go along with Saint Paul the Sixth's insight of if you want peace, work for justice? Okay, yeah, that's a famous quote from mm -hmm. uh, Saint Paul the Sixth, and um, I, I think what he what he meant there mm -hmm. uh, was on full display in World War II. Mm -hmm. And if you ask what caused uh, World War II, well, what feeds the appetite for mm -hmm. social conflict is um, social grievances, real or imagined, mm -hmm. sometimes both, right? Yeah. And I think in the run-up to World War II, you saw both on display. Mm -hmm. As people may know, remember their history lessons yeah. at the end of World War I, the Allies put crippling uh, mm -hmm. reparations, 
requirements of reparation payments on Germany mm -hmm. for starting that war and causing all that misery by their original invasion of the West, yeah. right, and the invasion of Russia. Uh, and so, but these, these reparations were so brutal that it crushed what was left of the German economy and mm -hmm. led to hyperinflation. And yeah. You might have seen the newsreels of people in Germany at that time in the 1930s bringing wheelbarrows full of Deutschmarks to mm -hmm. the supermarket to, to try to buy some bread, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So out of this social misery, out of, it's, that's precisely what Adolf Hitler played upon. Mm -hmm. And he manipulated the anger. Yep. Um, somewhat justified against the Allies because they'd overdone it. Mm -hmm. But then he created imagined grievances as well against the Jews. Yep. Right? And the Jews were working behind the scenes. and mm -hmm. They were responsible for this too. Yep. So here's what Hitler did in trying to um, invade, uh, you know, create the thousand-year Reich in, mm -hmm. in Europe, right? And starting yeah. World War II, what he did was he played on both real yeah. past injustices and imagined ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so in, in one respect, certainly, Paul mm -hmm. VI is right. Um, if you work to uh, remove mm -hmm. real social injustices, you remove some of the fuel for the fire yeah. for um, demagogues, demagogues ruthless yeah. dictators, you know, people yeah. who are, are going to manipulate that. Mm -hmm. and, and terrorists do the same yeah. thing, manipulate that. However, it, it, all by itself, mm -hmm. it's not the only factor, of course, that leads to peace mm -hmm. um, because there's also imagined mm -hmm. grievances. Uh, and the, the evil one likes to plant those as well, yeah. or maybe take a small, a small justified grievance and blow, mm -hmm. blow it up way out of proportion. Again, the, the mm -hmm. Russian-Ukraine war is a great example of this. I mean, Vladimir Putin is justifying all this mm -hmm. uh, because you know Russia's under threat because Ukraine was going to join, yep. uh, was going to join NATO, and this would threaten us. Well, it, it's a pack of lies. Mm -hmm. th there is. A small grain of truth in it. Yes, mm -hmm. Ukraine was applying to be in NATO, yep. and maybe that wasn't the best thing because mm -hmm. Ukraine kind of juts geographically, kind of juts into Russia. Mm -hmm. So maybe there. Uh, but the, the actual fact is that yep. U, Ukraine's application for NATO membership was mm -hmm. blocked by several European yeah. countries. It was not by any means imminent, mm -hmm. and Russia could have negotiated. Uh, a status for Ukraine, which Ukraine has even talked about now, about what's called guaranteed neutrality, where all, mm -hmm. all sides guarantee this country's safety and neutrality. Yeah. But Russia, of course, Putin had no, in, he had, wasn't interested in that at all, really. Yeah. He was looking for a pretext mm -hmm. to invade um, Ukraine. But he played upon this fear in the Russian yeah. mind. Oh, my gosh, new, Ukraine might, uh, sorry, NATO might be encroaching upon us. And, mm -hmm. well, NATO is a defensive alliance with defensive yep. weapons, so it's all malarkey to begin with, to yep. use a 1950s term. Uh, but you can see how social yeah. conflicts can happen based on the manipulation of um, f false grievances as well, mm -hmm. or un untrue grievances. Yeah. Un so in that sense, even pursuing social justice won't entirely remove all the causes of conflict, yeah. but it will remove a, a, a fair number of them, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. And you had mentioned earlier that social justice is that justice which is owed to individuals by a society or mm -hmm. a society that is justly ordered, that is rightly ordered. Is there a connection between divine mercy the, and our following the message and devotion or, or use of the devotion and that call to social justice? Uh, yeah, well, be, uh, the thing about social justice is most people are only concerned about their own. Mm -hmm. They're concerned about, you know, what's just for me yeah. as, well, in my case, a, a white male, American, middle class, yeah. you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're they're on the lookout yep. for 
injustice is done, and that's understandable. We should mm-hmm. be we should be on the lookout for in, injustices that are done to mm-hmm. our group. A or decent our prudence it's sort prudence, of demands right. it. Yeah, yeah, we're children of God, and mm-hmm. our group is made of our social yeah. group is made up of children of God. So for mm-hmm. sure, but what uh, where mercy takes us beyond that because mm-hmm. mercy says. Uh, True, a, a truly socially just society is not one that just protects yeah. my group. It's one that looks out for yeah. the common good of all. Yeah. I think it, it was a Martin Luther King quote about um, injustice anywhere is is a threat to justice everywhere or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, strong element of truth are that. If mm-hmm. you have a society where everybody's, well, even if they're not only looking out for number one, at least yeah. they're only looking out for people like me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're you're just going to have endless social conflicts, yeah. as I think we see in the United States today. I mm-hmm. think that's a lot of what's behind it. Yeah. There's what we call identity politics, and this mm-hmm. happens both on the right and the left, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the politicians play on that and set yeah. one group against each other when there's there's ways of meeting the just needs of all. Yeah. Uh, if we were, our hearts were driven by mercy as well as our minds. Yeah. We're called to the golden rule, not to the the law of the jungle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and you keep bringing up, we we both keep bringing up the church's social teaching and social justice. But on, on one side, social justice warrior is practically a swear word. Why does the church teach that social justice is important? And, and how is the church's understanding of social justice different than the secular or the secular left's appropriation of that word? Okay. Yeah, I think the reason why social justice warrior has become a, a kind of slang term and mm-hmm. a pejorative one yep. is because it's been co-opted by the left, right? Yep. The fact is that everyone should be concerned, should be a social justice warrior in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form, yeah. even if it's just praying for social justice, mm-hmm. right? Um, but because one particular take on that has yeah. co-opted the term, then, it, then people say, well, I'm against that because, mm-hmm. you know, that's those loony lefties or something, yeah. right? Uh, but the church calls everyone to be, in ways great or small, mm-hmm. uh, as we are called according to our life circumstances, to be actively concerned for social justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, one thing we definitely mustn't do is, is become what's called bunker Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you say, well, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, you know, so I'm just going to hunker in the bunker mm-hmm. with my rosary and... Um, uh, saying going to mass and looking after my own family and myself and mm-hmm. you know just kind of ride it out. Mm-hmm. Well, of course we should play the rosary and go to mass, mm-hmm. but uh, we, first of all, you can't just write it out. Mm-hmm. We're all connected. No man is an island. No family mm-hmm. is an yeah. island. We're all connected, and we all have, as Saint John Paul II said repeatedly, mm-hmm. uh, this is a time in the history, especially where no one can be idle, yeah. because we see Judeo-Christian civilization. If I can use that broad mm-hmm. term, we see that crumbling everywhere yeah. in all sorts of ways. And so uh, that that will take us all down with the ship mm-hmm. if we don't do our part to try to rectify at least some of that. Okay. Uh, so that's that's one very strong reason why the church calls us to mm-hmm. be concerned with social justice, because it's, it's certainly our moral duty. And if we don't, we're just, frankly, we're just idiots, because we're not going to be able to avoid the yeah. sinking ship. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, all the little dinghies we think we're forming mm-hmm. for ourselves, they're all tied by rope to the main ship of society as a whole. Yeah. And it's all going down together. Um, so what is social justice? It's legitimate mm-hmm. concern for the common good. Okay. And it's um, concern, it's love for your neighbor mm-hmm. when you f- come to realize, hey, my neighbor is not only the person next door, mm-hmm. but it, there's lo- I have lots of neighbors. Yeah. Uh, and uh, their needs are just as important in the eyes of God as mine. I think um, also 
one reason the Catholic Church um, is very concerned about the active pursuit of social justice by all Catholics. Mm-hmm. Something it, this comes out more in, in not so much in the Catechism, but in what's called the Compendium mm-hmm. of the Social Teaching of the Catholic Church. Uh, mm-hmm. Also an official church document, also mm-hmm. many hundreds of pages long, yeah. but well worth a, lo- a read if people mm-hmm. haven't had a look at it. Um, it talks there about social idolatries, right? Okay. And the fact is that society in society we're always tempted mm-hmm. to make an idol of something and put it above mm-hmm. uh, our the one who should be our idol, if you will, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He mm-hmm. is Lord and nothing and no one else or no group mm-hmm. should be. So for example, what did the Nazis do? They turned into an idol. Their highest loyalty mm-hmm. was to the nation and the race, mm-hmm. right? The Aryan race and the German nation, yep. not to Jesus Christ. Uh, the communists to the working class and the wor- yeah. party of the working class, but not certainly not to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, the capitalist robber barons, yeah. right? And then the 1920s and even today, right? Mm-hmm. It's to the accumulation of wealth yeah. and not to Jesus Christ. Um, the social supremacy of religious institutions, our favorite ones. Well, that's what the Spanish Inquisition did or the mm-hmm. Ayatollahs did today. Mm-hmm. They put institution... A truly good thing, but... Yeah, that's right. It's a good thing, but when it yeah. becomes an idol, in yeah. fact, all those things are good. Nation, yep. race, class, mm-hmm. all, all these things are part of mm-hmm. um, in the fabric of human life. In their place, they're good. Mm-hmm. But when the, when we make them our highest loyalty mm-hmm. and put them where only Jesus Christ should be, yeah. then we've created an idol or even our own personal autonomy and freedom, mm-hmm. right? People, my own individual freedom, my own yeah. autonomy. We see this in the news now with the, uh, the demonstrations uh, to... Mm-hmm. Um, keep uh, the, the, the pro-choice laws in pra- mm-hmm. place in the United States regarding abortion. The, you know, the argument, you know, my personal autonomy comes first. My control over my own body is mm-hmm. absolute. Well, it's actually, first of all, yeah. Jesus Christ comes first. We belong to him. We were made mm-hmm. through him and for him yeah. and, and for his love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then secondly comes all yeah. those other people with whom our lives are intertwined or whom yeah. we including unborn children. Yeah. And so, even on and, a purely oh, secular scale, there's no such thing as complete bodily autonomy because you're not allowed to, I'm not allowed to punch you right now. I hope or, not. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah. people have an obligation of decent care and, and self-care and so forth. I mean, there's a reason why we tend to see certain interventions as perfectly justified. Yeah. Someone is destroying themselves, drugs or alcohol, something like that. It's charity to do an intervention, not to simply stand back and let it happen. Ah, and in fact, what you're saying now also goes back to something we said earlier. Mm-hmm. A, a nice segue here, I think, because um, our moral duty as yep. Catholics is to support the pro-life cause mm-hmm. uh, and to see the end of, uh, largely the end in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form when it's socially possible yeah. of, of legalized abortion. Mm-hmm. But that's only our moral duty if we're actually following divine mercy we -hmm. have to also be merciful to mothers in need and to the needs of poor children who are going to be brought into the world uh, who might not otherwise have been okay but they it's not enough to protect them from being aborted Mm -hmm. if we're going to be pro-life we have to be pro every stage of their life right and so you know the pro-life movement I think is only really going to succeed Mm -hmm. uh, when we have as much merciful love in -hmm. our hearts for everyone in that situation yeah. and their legitimate needs, the mother in need, the child, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and yeah. not just one or the other, which is how our polarized society tends to see it. It's yeah. women's rights versus mm-hmm. unborn child's rights. Yeah. Why can't we 
fulfill them both. Yeah. Yeah, and the duty of intercession and even reparation for the sins of the abortionists. Yeah. For those who are who are perpetrating this, that there is law is one thing, but our obligation as Christians is is to try to help save souls. Yeah. With intercession and with reparation, and today's the we're taping this on the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, mm-hmm. and she came and she was begging for penance on behalf of poor sinners. So that's that's a very timely thing to note. So, social justice is so so connected to the left in people's minds that I think people don't really appreciate that some of the crucial teaching on a number of issues that we think of as right-wing issues are also part of the social teaching, social justice. What are some of the issues on the left and the right, or what are some of the issues in social justice, in the, in the social doctrine of the church that would surprise people on the left or the right? You know, I think one way to approach this mm-hmm. is to uh, hearken back to uh, a famous speech by FDR hmm. called The Four Freedoms. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that brought this to mind is we're, in, and we're taping this program in Stockbridge and just mm-hmm. down the road yep. is the Norman Rockwell Museum yep. where the great painter Norman Rockwell painted a picture of each of those freedoms that mm-hmm. FDR had talked about. Uh, freedom of speech, freedom yep. of worship or religion, mm-hmm. freedom from want, and yep. freedom from fear. And if you look at all four of those freedoms, Catholic social teaching is in favor of all of them mm-hmm. because each one of those upholds some aspect of human dignity. Mm-hmm. We can't live a fully dignified life if we're living in fear and terror yeah. all the time. We have no protection. We have no safety. Mm-hmm. We can't lead a dignified life if we don't have the freedom to uh, follow our conscience, which God gave us free will, and mm-hmm. also uh, ultimately freedom to uh, worship mm-hmm. uh, as our conscience uh, dictates, yeah. and hopefully our con- well-informed conscience mm-hmm. will lead us to Christ. Uh, we can't have full human dignity if we're, if we're uh, uh, we can't fulfill our basic human needs if we're mm-hmm. in hunger and destitution. Yep. Uh, and we can't, um, uh, if, um, uh, gosh, I, what, what did I miss one? Oh, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. You know, if, uh, if we can't have the basic human dignity of sharing our thoughts and yep. reflections with others in the search for truth, mm-hmm. then how can we have, so, the church is in favor of all those. That, yeah. that speech is, you know, pretty much lines up with main things in the mm-hmm. Catholic tradition. But notice how in North America, the left or the right, mm-hmm. whichever one you're talking about, yeah. focuses heavily on some and not on the others. Yeah. The right, typically in America today, is, is focusing on freedom from fear. Mm-hmm. So that's the law and order yeah. position, right? Um, we got to keep ourselves from being swamped by illegal immigration with all the crime waves and and um, corruption that will breed. Mm -hmm. Or we've got to have strong national defense to ward off the enemies of democracy abroad. Mm -hmm. Government exists primarily to protect people and Mm -hmm. our property, especially defend people from violence, Mm -hmm. unborn children to defend them from violence. So Mm -hmm. that's what it's mostly all about, right? You go on the left, the emphasis is heavily on freedom from want, Mm. right? You say, well, we've got lots of these people in this country around the world who are left out of uh, mm-hmm. You know the standard of living most people take for granted, right? Yep. Um, that uh, we need to uh, relieve poverty, a, a decent social welfare safety net. We need um, subsidized health care for those who can't afford it. Um, mm-hmm. Subsidized educational opportunities for those mm-hmm. in need of it. Um, we need to welcome immigrants from destitute countries, as this country has always done, to the extent that we're able to do so mm-hmm. in our circumstances, yeah. right? Uh, the the left the, the the right almost turns a blind mm-hmm. eye to all that, just as the left yeah. almost turns a blind eye to most mm-hmm. of that stuff in the, in the first category I mentioned, yeah. the freedom from want. Um, but I'm 
yeah, they, they're turning a blind eye because they're half blind from yeah. a Catholic perspective. Okay. And, and I would encourage um, your, your listeners to say that to not get locked into the polarized vision of North American politics mm -hmm. because I believe neither side yeah. can fully represent a truly Catholic perspective. Mm -hmm. there's, there's plenty of legitimate grounds for disagreement amongst yeah. faithful Catholics about how to apply mm -hmm. Catholic social principles mm -hmm. to the realities of the day. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I'm not trying to say here, well, the reality is be middle of the road. No, yeah. you know, maybe there's maybe there's more truth on the right side kind of than mm -hmm. on the left. Kind of, but it, it's certainly not an all or nothing or, yeah. or a black or white or a Republican mm -hmm. or, or Democrat thing. And yeah. uh, anybody who tries to mm -hmm. say that is distorting yeah. the Catholic heritage. And if we've We've got a moment. I'll just give an example. Go ahead. The, um, the Catholic government of Poland. Mm -hmm. If you look in the news, the Western news media, because they don't understand anything outside of yeah. you know our polarized North American left and right divisions, mm -hmm. they say, that's a right-wing populist government, which is uh, anti-immigration and um, nationalist. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of uber-right, right? right? Mm -hmm. Well, not by Catholic standards or not, yeah. because in, in that part of the world, that kind of party has Catholic roots. Mm -hmm. So they're the party that's defending the social welfare safety net. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who reversed the decision of the center party that was mm -hmm. in power before, that, that through the, the center party had made it. Now, you, you couldn't collect Social Security until you were mm -hmm. 68, I think. They brought it back to 65. Mm -hmm. the, the party in power that I'm talking about in Poland now, the, mm -hmm. the Catholic-rooted party, they were the ones who brought in uh, payments for uh, two parents for each child, mm -hmm. for the second, third, fourth child, mm -hmm. um, you know, to help reduce child poverty mm -hmm. uh, and to um, enable people to, uh, if they wanted to, maybe help enable some one parent to stay home to yep. look after the kids or, or to use the money for child care if that was mm -hmm. best. Well, that's what the left in America, that was part yeah. of Biden's uh, yeah. package, his Build America. So our mm -hmm. categories don't apply in other parts of the world necessarily. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. and if you look at Catholic Poland, yeah. uh, are they the anti-immigration party? They've mm -hmm. just accepted three million refugees from Ukraine mm -hmm. within two months. Yeah. And and uh, here's, a, here's a great thing, which some of your, reader, your listeners may know. Mm -hmm. Even still to this day, mm -hmm. it's the first time it's ever happened in history, there are no refugee camps in Poland. Mm -hmm. Normally when countries accept masses of refugees, mm -hmm. they, plonk them all in refugee tents, right? For years sometimes till they sort them out. Mm -hmm. Every single family that has come has either been welcomed into a Polish home or been yeah. put up in a bed and breakfast by the government. There are no refugee mm -hmm. camps, except for 24 hour holding until they you know, yes. process their new social insurance numbers. But mm -hmm. uh, this is the Catholic roots of that country mm -hmm. coming through. And there's yeah. some aspects of other, the other parties in Poland too that mm -hmm. have, I'm not saying it's all one party, right? Yep. But just so uh, you know, we are, your listeners have to know and we have to know that the American situation is um, mm -hmm. myopic, yeah. politically myopic. And not, nobody can claim to be representing truly Catholic social teaching the way the church really lays it out, mm -hmm. I think. I think that's a fair comment. Okay. And you get into that more in one of your chapters in Divine Mercy and Divine Justice. And so if readers want to see sources for some of this and a further discussion of kind of specific issues, that's that's in that chapter. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's let's close out with kind of a, a broad – really, <laughs> it might be too big for, for the time we have left. But let's talk kind of 
we know where we are. We have some sense of what the church has taught. We have some sense of um, the issues of the day. What are we aiming at? Um, the popes have talked about the new evangelization repeatedly. John Paul explicitly tied that then into forming a culture of life and then leading towards a civilization of love. What does that look like? How do we get from the, here to there? What's what's the path forward? Well, I think you mentioned uh, the first thing. Is, mm-hmm. is the first and most important thing is mm-hmm. the new evangelization, um, bringing people to Christ. Yep. Because the fact is, even if you had the most ideal um, package of social policies to make mm-hmm. a more just, that would be great. But yep. if people's hearts are... Uh, individual hearts are corrupted and mm-hmm. twisted. They'll wreck. They'll find a way and wreck that social order. Yeah. yeah and you know, and 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 not in, in very short time they'll yeah. do it. Right. So it begins with the transformation of hearts. Mm-hmm. But you can never take that as an excuse to yeah. focus only on that. Right. Yeah. And it's both. It's sort of both right. the pursuit of justice as well as pursuit of a just heart. Yeah. And you have to you have to do both at the same time yeah. because at the same time. Uh, social injustices will twist and corrupt mm-hmm. and make it all that much harder yeah. for people to see the truth of the and embitter people. I mean, mm-hmm. suffering poverty, not chosen poverty, poverty that's imposed by circumstances, yeah. just destroys families, destroys lives, hurts yeah. hurts the the soul. And let's look at two things right now. I mean, in America, uh, racial injustice and inflation. Mm-hmm. Both of these things uh, will. Tear families apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, racial injustice can be so crippling to a family life that mm-hmm. experience it that that some people can never recover mm-hmm. from it, right? And are embittered by it, mm-hmm. uh, or their life opportunities are blocked, yeah. right? Uh, inflation, ironically, does the same thing. It's a totally mm-hmm. different scenario, but yeah. uh, families can be working harder and harder and harder, and actually mm-hmm. earning effectively less and less, yeah. uh, which you know can drive families into the into the ground, and their mm-hmm. finances lead to bankruptcies, recessions, yeah. all kinds of things. Which, So uh, unfortunately in our society, we look at those two issues and say, well, the right is, is worried about yeah. inflation. The left is worried about racism. Mm-hmm. We should be worried about both yeah. if, we're, if we're really looking at things from a Catholic perspective, I think. Okay. Thanks so much for being with us today, Robert. The book is Divine Mercy and Divine Justice, why both are essential to a Catholic understanding of God. Thanks, Chris. Great to be with you again. To order Divine Mercy and Divine Justice, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.